You are listening to Digging In Podcast, presented by Rooted Wealth Advisors. Hey, everybody, we're back with another episode of Digging In, presented by Rooted Wealth Advisors. I'm your host, Kencho Kelly, helping you get those questions answered to and through retirement. Today, we were fortunate enough to land on the calendar of the man, the myth, and the legend, founder Zach Gray. I don't know if any of that's true or not, but um, (laughs) you did land and I'm excited to chat. Oh, you know, it's hard to nail you down. You're elusive. You're elusive. You're all over the place. Um, I mean, we have four locations in Illinois and Tennessee now. Nashville Mm -hmm. office has opened since we've talked to you. Um, That's got to be exciting. It is exciting. And um, as you know, obviously helping with marketing a lot. It's it's, uh, intriguing to be thinking about you know, all other aspects of marketing in other areas, you know, television, radio. I mean, we do a lot of efforts to try to touch a lot of people, try to bring a ton of value if we possibly can. And yeah, um, outside of getting on a plane, you know, I don't necessarily know that I love that. I wish that it was only, you know, a snap of the finger and I was there, but um, enjoy that a lot. And, And it's been a natural fit. We have some clients that have already moved there. And ultimately, it just was a a natural movement to say, well, maybe we can help some people in this area. Yeah. And uh, it's fun. Next time we need to work in some playtime along with some work time. I know. Bluebird Cafe is calling our (laughs) name. I don't know if you do live music at all, but uh, man, that would be the spot to go see some people. You know, maybe my younger day, but uh, it'd take quite a few drinks, I think, to get me up there on stage. But it is a fun town. And you're right. Sadly, when you and I were there last, um, and I'm actually just getting ready to plan another trip that direction not a lot of playtime. So nope. uh, all work, no play, but um, fun city and it's growing like mad. So it's kind of neat to see that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's really cool to be a part of and experience. And as, as we're growing here at the firm for them to also be able to experience a new location, that's, that's super fun. Um, I got some questions for you today. A oh lot boy. happening, a lot happening, but an article caught my eye and I wanted to run it past you. So it is, the most Googled financial questions by state. Okay. Okay. Let's so, go. so most of your, so all of your offices fall in Illinois and Tennessee so far, so far. Um, and they both had the same most Googled financial question. There were 23 states that had the same topic that they were Googling. Now the questions are a little different, but it's the same topic. Okay. The question for you is, can you guess what the most Googled financial question in 23 states is? Oh boy. Um, you know, as we go back to things that we do here at the firm, a lot of workshops, uh, you know, dinner workshops, uh, colleges, junior colleges, libraries, trying to bring a, a little education the number one question that we get is, do I have enough? I don't know if that's the answer. By the way, he doesn't tell me what these questions are. So oh, I have would no I? idea. That would not be very fun. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, I would guess is like, hey, am I going to have enough? Am I going to be okay? Am I going to run out of money? So you're, you're very, very close because in your, in your workshops, you relate all those to what? Strategies. Well, income. Income. Okay. Income. So the most Googled financial question in 23 states is about income taxes. Even in Tennessee, I thought that was interesting, but 
the caveat there was they were Googling income taxes with their mortgage. Ah, uh, okay. So it was very interesting, but I thought that the the parallels there to what you talk about, income, having income for retirement, having a plan for retirement, 23 states. I mean, that's almost half, right? They're worried about income and taxes and how their income's taxed. I thought that just teed you up beautifully. Well, hey, here we are with the uh, <laughs> the longest running podcast. Buckle up. It's probably going to be about six hours if you want to get into income <laughs> and taxes. Um, so I think that there's two things that you can tie together there. Obviously, if we're talking about income taxes, first off is income. Without income, you don't have retirement. That's as we kind of make a play on words, but it's true. Like income is the outcome that we're after in retirement, because if you don't have it, you're kind of up a crick without a paddle. And then the other thing is, is from a tax perspective, which is a little bit of maybe the reason that we see some influx down to Tennessee, maybe versus Illinois. And you see that with Florida or, or Texas in comparison with some other states and what that looks like. But nonetheless, I believe that it's about how much money we actually get to keep in our own pocket. You've already heard me say this several times. If you've listened to any of our other podcasts, you've probably heard us reiterate this in some way, shape, or form, or a television show, or radio program. But I think it's important for people to understand because most of the time when we think about quote-unquote financial planning, in my opinion anyway, um, and I'd be curious for your take listening, is you know, it's, it's about a portfolio. It's about, well, here's my returns. And I think that that's a key component. Maybe we even take it as far as to say, well, not only with my portfolio's returns, how's it built, but how about fees and costs and things? And, and, and every one of those is an important component. But the truth of the matter is, is that if we had, let's say, income, enough, right? If we had a pension that was just monumental, we never had to worry about income again, Technically speaking, we could probably just go put it all on red and spin the roulette wheel, see what happens, because we wouldn't have to be so worried about the portfolio. Or from a tax perspective, you have to start to think a little bit about, well, even though I have this big amount of money, I don't think that we've shared this story together, you and I. But um, I, I was thinking back on an example that I gave one of the other advisors. Folks came in, Cliff Notes are, came in, $2 million. They'd hit their goal. They initially thought, hey, it's going to be $1 million. Like that was, the, that was the initial goal. Obviously, costs have increased over the years. She says, well, forget $1 million. You know, that's, that's not enough anymore. It needs to be two. They hit the goal. They're happy. They're excited. And the truth of the matter is, is when they started to take a look at it, they're going, well, I'm going, well, after taxes... And that number is probably about 1.2, 1.3. And all of a sudden they're going, well, wait a minute. What does that do to my plan? That's a big chunk. That's a big right. chunk. And it, and it gets even worse, right? Like if, if ultimately, tragically something happened and, you know, one of the spouses passed away. Now we're talking about single taxpayer rates. They also wanted to leave money to their kids and, and, and grandkids possibly. So here we go, right? Like, so now it's like, well, wait a minute, do we even have enough? Because we have a partner in this, um, it's Uncle Sam. And then once again, so what does that do to my income only because of taxes? And then what happens if tragically something happens to one of the spouses? What about giving that money to kids or grandkids? And so like, it leads you down this rabbit hole of trying to figure out those two key components. It's huge. It's much more than just portfolio planning that people should be thinking about when they think about financial planning or retirement. So 
don't know if that's what the answer you were looking for now. Because that portfolio really is is like a, a zoomed-in piece of the pie, right? You really right. have to kind of take a higher-level picture, kind of zoom out, because it works together with other pieces, yeah. right? Well, and I think that's important too, right? If we're just getting out of college, right? Like, So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, I have a, a grandchild or a child that's just you know, getting onto their own two feet, well, frankly, maybe take as much risk as you want. You've got so much time on your side that, I mean, does it matter? I mean, yes, it matters. But eh, at the end of the day, if it's really for retirement, then maybe it doesn't matter. But if you're five years from retirement, now all of a sudden you're, you're entering what we call the retirement red zone. And um, you just don't want to make a mistake, right? Like that's like that's the critical piece of the puzzle. And, um, you know, as you start to think about it, you have to capitalize at that point primarily for income. A little bit of my background is some football thrown in there. And uh, as you even visit with some other team members, you know, Kinch on the podcast, I'm sure that's been brought up from time to time, Jason, et cetera. But the point here is, is that, you know, you just don't want to make a mistake if you're within a couple yards of the end zone, because if you fumble there, well, you've, you've just, you've thrown it all away. All the effort. Right. Very detrimental. Doesn't work out well. I'm not sure that we're supposed to talk about football, but here we are. Well, if we're going down the football <laughs> rabbit hole, I was at Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, Nadamik and Sue's senior year when they played Iowa State. Okay. They turned the ball over. They had three fumbles inside the five. Mm. It was Iowa Kiss State's first win in Lincoln in 33 years. Paul Rhodes gave this excellent speech in the locker room about, I'm so proud to be your coach. The reality is they got super lucky. What team turns it over three times inside the five? But if, if you're not hanging on to the football in a very special part of the field where you're almost there, all that hard work, all that other 95 yards is for not. Well, it might, it just, it might postpone things, right? Like, I mean, ultimately, like, I mean, like I would probably make the correlation to if we're sticking there, what happened? Like if, if you're looking for the go ahead points and you're thinking if nothing else, I mean, a field goal is a gimme right. and one of those fumbles occurs. Now, all of a sudden we're going to overtime and no one wants to go back to work, to work yeah. just to be for overtime because they had a big correction. And so this all circles back to this income question, but I think it comes down to the point of saying, hey, listen, you can't, you have to figure out where the income is going to come from. And potentially it's coming from the investments. You know, there's four components. You know this. Maybe if you've listened before, you know this as well. Listening, it's just, you know, income. It's, it's a lead. It's the lead dog in the pack. That income might be coming from your investments, by the way. So how do you build the portfolio is important. Right. It's distribution planning. It's no longer accumulation planning. You're no longer 20. You're potentially now 60. So now how does this need to look? Taxes, because once again, you have to be thinking about this for, you know, say, can't you and your wife? But then what happens if it's just you or just your wife? And how does that affect all the kiddos. And, you know, you know, at that point in your life, maybe that is grandkids or great grandkids even. Right. So now all of a sudden taxes is a huge deal. And so obviously that's three of the four, the fourth one we call legacy planning. We can get into that too. But the point here is, is that you have to figure out those first three components because there's no retirement without income. That's right. That's right. Well, are you curious to see what the other most Googled financial topics are? Let's go. So 10 states had insurance. 
Okay. I thought that was interesting, right? Makes that's, sense. A, that's a must have. You can't drive without it. Hard to own a home without it. Yeah, you can even think about it as some investment vehicles, you right. know, some things like life insurance, annuities could make sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, nine states had mortgages as their most Googled financial topic, which, I mean, the real estate market the past few years, maybe that makes sense. People trying to understand like refinancing or, or mm-hmm. how to, you know, leverage that mortgage in the most efficient way. Makes sense. Um, college tuition, another four states. And then New York stands alone. And the most Googled financial topic in New York is estate planning. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they have some really strict laws there. Mm-hmm. So do we in Illinois, which is where the majority of our clients sit. Um, and, and some of them are moving to to Florida. I was just on, on, a, on a Zoom call with a great Florida client here just the other day. Um, that's one of the reasons they moved there. Right. Tennessee, same conversation really. Right. So, um, yeah, that's interesting to, to, to think about that, I guess, in the, in that way that New York stands alone for that one particular topic, but it is something that needs to be addressed. Right. And I know being around the industry, there's always kind of been almost a fence around New York. Like it, almost operated apart from the rest of the 49 states in the union because there's some very specific laws and regulations that happen with New York State. If you live in New York, I'm sorry, it sounds miserable. <laughs> it's inter- yeah, I mean, th- you're right. And I mean, I think that there's a lot of scrutiny there too. And in and, and some of that, we could go on for, for some period of time, like how far does that scrutiny or should it, you know, spread out, you know, like Greenwich, Connecticut is like not necessarily New York, but I think it became Greenwich, Connecticut, because it is just outside of mm-hmm. New York. But nonetheless, I mean, I think that those are, are interesting. And I think that it's just, I mean, probably helpful for people to understand that maybe those questions come at different points. Mm-hmm. Mortgages, most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, retirees, maybe you're getting the mortgage taken care of, that's getting buttoned up um, by the time you do retire. But it makes sense that it's a financial question that you can be asking from your 20s all the way through the rest of your life. But, you know, specifically with the retirement planning, it's interesting to, to hear, you know, income, income taxes, how do I get enough cash flow? And once again, that's after Uncle Sam takes his cut. So mm-hmm. it's important to know. Well, good. I mean, I, you got there. I'm, I shouldn't be surprised. I, I don't know why I am. You're one of the smartest guys I know. So I knew it wouldn't take you long to, uh, to get there. But uh, yeah, uh, any high level thoughts on like on what the, I guess there's, there's five of them here, the most five Googled financial questions, any high level thoughts to wrap up? I mean, I think that, you know, there's a lot there. I mean, and we could go down each one of them in particularly, you know, uh, you know, estate planning or what we consider to be legacy planning is kind of where we ended with the last comment. I think that that's something that's important because, you know, we've seen so many people argue around the conference room table. Typically it's when mom and dad are gone. And, and that's not what that, that mess isn't what you want to leave behind. Trust me, I've seen it and it's just not worth it. So having things where the T's crossed and the I's dotted, you know, we probably won't go deep on mortgages and conversations about cash flows and, and how that looks from a monthly payment perspective, but still an important conversation. And frankly, one that you can, you know, potentially have with those that are, yeah, 18, 20, 30, 40. I mean, like those are solid conversations, but I think back to a, can, a, a couple correlations that I never thought we'd bring up is just making sure that you do figure out income. And once again, most of the time, some of the income is going to come from your investments. So don't fumble on the three. That's right. And you'll probably be in a much better spot for it. Awesome, man. Always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. I'm sure um, 
our viewers are excited to hear from you again. I don't think we've had you on since the opening episode. I know. So uh, the good news is we kept this one shorter as well. Hey, there you there you go. I think you still beat out John though as the most viewed podcast. So we'll see if this one ranks up there as well. All right, get your views and uh, get your subscribing. All right. Uh, if you want to talk to Zach about anything you heard here today, income, uh, taxes, estate planning, legacy planning, anything like that, give us a call. The number is 815-918-4727. I'll even have him autograph a copy of his book, Your Retirement Lifeblood. We'll drop that in the mail for you. And uh, when you call, make sure you let Amber know that you heard it right here on the Digging In podcast. That'll do it for us today. Until next time, keep digging in. This was Digging In Podcast. Presented by Rooted Wealth Advisors.